All right, another episode of the Saxo Market Call, and I'm joined by LTS Binato. We're going to talk about bonds, and uh, I don't think there's a better time given the FOMC rate decision tomorrow and the ECB, and uh, we're going to talk very briefly about that, and then we're going to delve into the what happened during 2023 and, and what could potentially happen in 2024. And... Um, We also made an agreement, Altea, that unless something really dramatic happens, this will be the last uh, fixed income podcast of the year. So with that little caveat that um, if something really, really big goes on uh, after the central bank meetings, then you will be uh, dialing in from Italy and uh, and we'll have one. But um, let's assume that this will be the last one. So very quickly, Altea, what are your expectations for the upcoming two central bank? We also have Bank of England. So there are actually three central bank meetings coming up um, tomorrow and on Thursday. Yes, well, uh, my expectations is uh, for all the three central banks to keep uh, uh, rates on hold. What is going to be relevant uh, for uh, the FOMC meeting and also uh, the ECB are going to be the economic, a new set of economic projections for next year uh, that we need to reflect a faster disinflationary process that is going through um, the economies. And uh, these uh, um, new projections uh, will lead the market uh, to expect uh, more uh, interest rate cuts uh, or less interest rate cuts. Uh, But uh, if we look at now um, what is priced in bond future markets, uh, we see that uh, uh, the expectations of markets is uh, to for the ECB um, and uh, the Federal Reserve uh, to cut uh, interest rates uh, throughout next year by, uh, by uh, 100 and almost 50 basis points. So we are almost there. There has been some retracing in the in the past a few days. So. Um, but uh, with the guidance that we have received uh, from both central banks in the past, we know that that might be a little bit far-fetched. So there is uh, definitely room for the Federal Reserve and the and, um, the ECB and in some extent also the Bank of England to push back uh, on to these expectations. Um, and also, Peter... We cannot forget uh, that, uh, especially when we talk about uh, the Federal Reserve, uh, they were happy about uh, where they have arrived uh, in November uh, with uh, basically the 10-year U.S. Treasuries around 5% uh, and they were happy uh, to see uh, financial condition tighter. Since then, financial conditions uh, eased dramatically. The 10-year now is uh, trading around 4.25% and the 30 years um, as well. So I think that uh, at this point in time, uh, the market uh, can be uh, surprised. Is it something that uh, um, this this hard pushback, will it arrive at this uh, monetary uh, meeting or in the next few uh, weeks in uh, the first quarter of Q4? I don't know, but uh, now for me, there is more chances for a pushback rather than uh, um, a confirmation of what is priced in the bond future markets. All right. It's certainly going to be interesting. We also had a uh, a chat with uh, with uh, Shara Shanana. We are um, head of FX uh, strategy uh, yesterday on the podcast, which you can listen to. Also, some perspective there on the on the economy and central banks. Uh, great, Altia. Let's dive into it. So, <clears throat> 2023. We are almost done with the year. Quite a surprising year, as you and I we talked about. I mean, 
we came into 2023 with a consensus call by leading economies that we would slip into a recession. Um, and um, by you know, very early in the year, we had a banking crisis that came in the US and uh, everything was turmoil for a while. And then as the year progressed, we didn't get a recession and you know we had AI hype and, and everything. So take us through what happened in the bond market and where the, the biggest surprises were and, and what, uh, what have we seen in terms of performances for this year? Probably the biggest surprise for bond markets is that we are, we have not seen a recession over or a tail event um, getting hold of uh, um, the narrative in markets and therefore that uh, put the grounds for central banks to continue to hike rates beyond what market was expecting in 2022. But uh, when we look at uh, bond market performance, uh, the most surprising fact is that uh, risky assets uh, have outperformed high-quality assets. We have junk bonds both in, um, in, the, in uh, the U.S. dollars and also in euro-denominated debt that have returned 10% in the U.S. and uh, around 11% in Europe. And uh, that's against uh, investment grade, uh, um, investment grade corporate bonds, which ret- returned uh, half of that. Can I just stop you there? Because I, I think that the performance of high yield super interesting, right? Because if you if you take the equity market in the U.S. and Europe, you don't focus on the S and P five hundred. You take the equal weighted index. Then you know the average equity or stock, if you will, in the U.S. and Europe is up ten percent or up ten percent you've got the same return in high yield. And I find it interesting because it almost seems like it has been a mechanical trade in the bond market because there are still cracks. The high yield space, as you know, Altea, has a very short duration. So the refinancing pressure as we roll into 2024 and 2025, unless interest rates come down significantly, are quite substantial. And we have to, we cannot forget that the high yield companies, they are not the best companies out there. So I, 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 I feel very... I, I feel I have a sense of worry about this return to high yield, but maybe maybe you can calm my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I don't think so because it's um, yeah it's quite uh, nerve wracking uh, looking at these results. But uh, realistically, I've been speaking a lot about high yield corporate bonds a couple of years ago before going on to maternity leave, and the reason for that. Uh, is that uh, I was looking at uh, this asset class as the only within the fixed income field able uh, to provide a buffer against uh, interest rates. So the game there for investors has been uh, trying uh, to buy um, high-yield corporates that uh, would have a lesser chance of default uh, and would pay a high coupon in order um, to fight uh, whatever um, whatever degree of inflation we had in the economy. Obviously, these uh, kind of uh, corporate bonds that uh, they they were invest they were paying and they are paying still around four percent in Europe in terms of coupon, and I'm sure in the U.S. it's going to be slightly higher, around six percent. And when we compare that uh, to the investment grade. Uh, coupon that is paid uh, um, to investors, well, that's around 1.8%. It was obviously not enough in order to create that buffer against inflation. Then 
there has been also another layer added, added to that. So investors bought high yield because that was the only shelter against inflation. They've been cherry picking. But then there was not a recession. There has been not defaults. And that, that has been positive also for their uh, valuations and, and, and their uh, the bond prices. I, I, I need to uh, I need to change the subject a little bit on 2023. We're going to talk about 2020. Uh, sorry, I'm going to change the subject on 2023, and we're going to talk about 24 in a in a short while. I'll say the Austrian 100 year bond. I mean, I think is a really good image or a mirror image of what happened in 2023. You know, one narrative dominating for some time, and then here at the end of the year. A complete change in narrative, you know, inflation coming down, interest rates price for the interest rates cut, as you show here. I mean, maybe take us through the numbers. I mean, it's staggering what the performance have been in terms of changes for the Austrian 100-year bond, just, you know, from the October low to where we are right now. Take us through the numbers. So, Peter, you know very well that when I, whenever I was speaking about these very high-duration kind of bonds and the Austria 0.85% maturing in 2120 is probably the one that carried the highest kind of duration of among peers. But the reason why I was and I continue to be slightly negative, is just that that's a directional bet. You buy uh, the Austria Centurion bond when you have uh, the certainty that interest rates are going to decrease and to be cut, right? So if we look at the year-to-date performance of the, the Austria Centurion bond, that's actually up 7% if you were buying it as of the 1st of January. Yeah. But uh, if you were buying it as of the 1st of January, um, at the end of October, mark to market, you would have had a loss of 14%. So it's highly volatile. And honestly, when we look also at the year-to-day performance, because we had a huge rally in the month of November, so now the Austria Centurion bond is up 7%. If we compare it to what you would have gained with safer investments, for example, if we look at other European sovereigns, um, we would see that you would have been able uh, to average around 7% throughout the year by buying Italian BTPs. And they carry much lower duration than the Austria Centurion bonds. They are a much lesser directional bet. And uh, similarly, um, Portuguese uh, sovereign bonds uh, have been uh, been returning uh, around 6%. So here, what I'm trying to say, Peter, is that is it worth uh, to buy um, or was it worth in 2023 to buy a bond uh, that was uh, so dependent on interest rate cuts when you could have averaged more or same, um, more, uh, more or less the same kind of returns uh, in the European investment grade uh, bond market? Uh, probably not. But things are going to change in 2024 in the meaning that uh, um, we are going to talk more about a slowdown in growth than inflation. And uh, the focus will be much more uh, 
skewed towards when central banks are going to cut rates rather than hiking rates. And that should be constructive um, for uh, duration. And not, I'm not referring to the Austria centurion bond, but more about uh, progressively increasing duration into one portfolio in order to be uh, spread. Because when we look also at performance across the yield curve in U.S. treasuries, we see that uh, ultra-long uh, U.S. Treasury bonds are down this year. So 20 years, 25 years plus U.S. Treasuries have provided a total return of minus 3% if one was invested into U.S. Treasuries from one to three years maturity, which is the front part of the inker. We talked extensively about these kind of maturities. One would have gained the three and a quarter percent in total return. Yeah, right. And it's important as well to understand that the concept of the duration, which is basically the sensitivity of the future uh, cash flow stream to a change in the interest rate, it's a little bit, you know, you can argue, that, so if we have falling interest rates and falling policy rates next year, high duration assets would do well. You could think that, okay, that means as well then that, you know, High duration, you know, uh, equities would do uh, well as uh, could do well as well, and yes, but to a certain point, because if we begin to price even more aggressive policy rates, then suddenly we're beginning to talk about a recession. And if we flip to that scenario, that will continue to be positive for long duration bonds because they have a fixed revenue stream. Whereas when you flip to a recession probability or a recession scenario then the likelihood of uh, uh, the predictability of cash flows of equities would go away. And then, you know, even though it is a high duration asset, it actually it will melt away and, 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 and deliver bad returns. So, but I'll tell you. But uh, Peter, at that point that you're bringing on is fundamental in the meaning that there is uh, smarter ways to be uh, invested in duration. And one of uh, these ways is to look at the bond for the coupon that is paying out throughout its life. So there is another, this, uh, we're talking about the Austria 0.85%. That, that basically provides uh, the highest duration to one's portfolio. But Austria is another centurion bonds uh, that uh, is paying, I think, slightly more than 2% in coupon. So as an investor, if you're fine to receive uh, 2%, and uh, you don't really care where that bond price-wise is going to go in one year, two years, five years, ten years, because you're comfortable to hold that, then that's an absolute buy because uh, it means that you're comfortable in waiting when interest rates are going towards your direction. And right now, there is a lot of long-term bonds uh, that are paying a coupon of 5 6% investment rate. Yeah, exactly. And uh, <clears throat> we... We're beginning to run out of time, Altair. We we need to talk a little bit about. I know you already touched touched on this to, uh, topic. So, 2024 is that the year finally where the high interest rates that we that we got in 2023 will begin to bite and will have you know a slowdown in the economy. Personally, my view is that I think it's a it's a 50 50 call right now whether we'll slip into a recession or not. Um, but I'm I'm curious to hear your views on 2024 uh, and on bonds. I know you already touched upon it a little bit, but let me just expand, provide a little bit more color and on on this uh, on this thing. I am with you on this one, uh, in the meaning that uh, it's safe to assume that as growth is slowing down, 
then uh, central banks are going to be more careful about a recession than in inflation. But uh, everywhere we see, both in the US and in Europe, uh, we continue to see strong uh, inflationary pressure. And the big question mark remains, what happens if we have uh, a considerable slowdown in growth, uh, but inflation remains somewhat around 3%. Are central banks uh, going to look at uh, growth and start to cut rates because they are concerned about growth or they keep on hold because they want to bring inflation from 3% to 2%? Nobody knows the answer to that question. And if we look back in the 70s, we see that... uh, Whenever there was a a wave of stagflation, so described as high unemployment, low um, GDP uh, growth, uh, and uh, high inflation, the trend for U.S. Treasury yields has been higher. So what I'm saying here is that until we don't decode uh, the last a stretch to bring uh, inflation from 3% to 2%. It's almost impossible to call where rates are going. It's safe to say that uh, for how the economy is looking at the direction of the economy now, it's safe to expect lower yields at the end of 2024. But already by now, Peter, if you ask me about the first quarter of the year, I expect higher yields. And the reason for that is that we are going to have still a lot of U.S. Treasury issuance, which is going to put upward pressure on on yields. And it's very unlikely that central banks will enable that kind of dovish tongues in the first quarter of 2024 when inflation is still way beyond their target. So that's, that's a risk. Uh, that I believe it's coming. It's probably it's better to have um, a clearer picture for the first quarter of the year than <laughs> for 2024. <laughs> All right, great perspectives. I w- I would just add before we uh, before we end the podcast that <clears throat> one thing to consider as well is that the 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 high returns on equities and the uncertainty around the economy in 2024 could you know throughout the year next year cause some rebalancing flows away from equities and into to bonds from an asset allocation perspective if you're a pension fund or an insurance company. I mean, that's not that's not an unreasonable uh, dynamic to um, to contemplate as well. But, um, well, we've talked uh, quite a bit here, Altia, and um, if this was the last uh, fixed income or bond podcast, then uh, surely we, we gave you a lot of uh, information here about what happened last year or this, sorry, this year, and what we think was going to happen in uh, next year, and then also a little bit about you know LTS views on um, on the upcoming FMC rate decision tomorrow and the ECB decision on uh, on Thursday. It's a very important week for markets, and um, yeah, I think I'll just we'll end it there. We hope you enjoyed it, and um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be back at one point with more on bonds with LTS. And uh, in the meantime, in meantime, enjoy your holiday and stay safe out there. Thank you for listening.